Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Class Podcast. I'm Pete Randerson and today we're taking a look into the world of beef and sheep farming. First of all, I'm going to be joined by a local mid-Devon farmer, Roy Mills, who's going to talk about the ins and outs of being a beef and sheep farmer. Then we're going to be joined by Chris Wilcox, who's an NFU Mutual commercial advisor, who's going to talk to us about the UK industries themselves. And finally, we're going to catch up with Naomi Parker-Jones, who's an agent in Sedgemore, who's going to talk to us about the things she thinks about when visiting beef and sheep farms. Hello, Roy, and thanks for agreeing to talk to me. If you could start us off by explaining a little bit about the farm. This is a beef and sheep farm. Um, we farm this farm with my wife and my son. Um, and we have got a dairy farm, which my brother farms on. Um, so that's what this farm's all about. Beef and, and sheep. Thanks very much. And how many acres is it that you farm at the moment? We're farming about six, 700 acres with the beef and sheep. And how many how many cattle do you have, and how many sheep? We've got about six hundred and fifty bullocks, and about eleven hundred fifty eleven hundred eleven hundred fifty sheep. So there's always plenty to do. And what was it that made you decide to be a sheep farmer? Well, I didn't really. I suppose my brother was always interested in the dairy, the cows, and I wasn't that interested. I'm more interested in the tractor side. As I got older, you get fed up with tractors, and I quite like the sheep, and I quite like doing beef. And that's why we, I started doing beef and sheep, and me wife, when we got married, that's what we kept as the beef and sheep on the spot. Brilliant. A lot of people say that beef and sheep works quite well together. Would you agree with that? Definitely beef and sheep works together, because um, the forage you make for the sheep sometimes is in all good stuff, and it's all right to feed to the bullocks, so you make use of everything you make. Brilliant. And what is it that makes it difficult about uh, keeping sheep or rearing cattle? Well, for the sheep, it's when we're lambing, it's the weather. It's just a nightmare. If you have snow and that there, you, you're you worried all the time they're going to get snowed in that year. So the weather would be the biggest player for, for the beef and sheep, because depending on what sort of weather you have for the beef, if you don't make enough forage in the summer or it's too wet to put them out and they punch it, just, yeah, the weather's the biggest biggest player of it. Brilliant. What do you enjoy most about uh, about your occupation, about being a farmer? Seeing all the newborn lambs when they're being born. It's just to see the cattle growing up and into big cattle and just having good stock about it, just looking after it well. So, so it's like being proud of what you're, yes, that's what like you're making? Yes, being proud of what we're doing. And what's the busiest time of the year for you? The busiest time of the year for us is most months, really. I haven't got a quiet time, really, because we do do a bit of contract then. Um, we grow some corn. Um, so there's not really what I would call a quiet time, but I suppose October would be the quietest time. And what's your favourite time of the year? Spring. Spring's a nice time. Any reason for that? It's just it's nice weather. You see the lambs out playing, and you know you're coming grass when you can turn your cattle out and that is yeah spring's a nice time of year brilliant and finally Roy if you were to give uh, or to give someone some advice or uh, some advice which you'd been given when you started farming what would you say when you're young borrow all the money you can and don't be afraid to go forward brilliant thanks very much for joining us today it's thank been you a, Pete it's been a pleasure it's been a pleasure to speak to you <laughs> Thank you.
So moving on to the next part of our adventure, and I'm joined by Chris Wilcox, local NFU Mutual commercial advisor in the southeast of England. Chris is going to give us an insight into the important things we should be aware of. Good morning, Chris. Morning, Pete. I'm going to go through the basics of the UK sheep trade and then move on to the cattle farming later. So currently, the UK um, sheep industry employs 34,000 people and a further 110,000 people in connected trades. This contributes to about 290 million to the UK employment and there are nearly 30 million sheep who are, who are in the UK. Uh, across uh, about 1,940 farming businesses. Uh, this means the size of the sheep industry is vital and must continue to prosper because the 60% of the UK grassland is only suitable for sheep, which makes it a perfect use for it. Uh, there are many different breeds of sheep which make up this industry, and the reason for keeping each breed differ hugely. Some breeds produce more, more lambs and others uh, require less hands-on approach. This makes them perfect for the moorland farming. Uh, sheep are shorn, uh, once per year generally in the summertime, which keeps their sheep healthy and clean. These fleeces are sold often at the loss to the wool boards. The wool is cleaned and processed and used for clothing and other vital items which we use every day. Thank you, Chris. That's a really useful insight into our sheep industry. So, can you tell me more about beef farming in the UK? So, on to the, uh, the UK beef trade. Well, like the sheep industry, the numbers are amazing. There are nearly 10 million cattle in the UK, with consumers spending over 3 billion on eating beef each year. This means the average UK consumer eats 20 kilos of beef each year. The good news is the perception of the UK's farmers is that it is shrinking uh, with, the, uh, with the rise of uh, veganism and vegetarianism, uh, but the numbers just aren't reflecting that. In fact, the amount of consumed UK beef is up 2.6% on last year. There are many other variations of beef farmers, some buy calves from dairy farmers and rear them to sell. Others have herds of sucker cattle. These are the people who breed their own calves using carefully selected bulls, and then the female cow rears the calf before it's weaned, fattened, and sold. Fabulous. Thank you so much for all of your time this morning, Chris. Uh, it's been really useful to hear various bits and pieces about uh, the, the trade and everything uh, along those lines. Um, I'm, re I'm really pleased you could take some time out to, to speak to us. No problem, Pete. It's been a pleasure. See you soon. See you soon, Chris. <laughs> so there you have it. The inside track on the UK beef and sheep farming industries. For the next part of our podcast, we're catching up with Naomi Parker-Jones. NFU Group Secretary and NFU Mutual Agent in Sedmore, Somerset. Good morning, Naomi. Good morning. Um, Naomi, if you're telling us a little bit about what you think about when you visit uh, a beef and sheep farm, is there anything specific that you look for? Um, I tend to set scene when I first get there, whether it's a review or a new business call. I think it's important just to let the farmer tell you exactly what he does and from that I think that makes your the questioning structure um, much more simple um, so if it's a quote um, I like to hear exactly what they do bearing in mind that nine times out of ten I'll be basing it on a like-for-like -like position um, and if it's a review I like to recap because it's amazing how quickly they'll forget what they told you last year and there might be little gaps that suddenly you pick up on um, 
but essentially I'm looking for the kind of information are, are they are they breeding are they a suckler herd are they breeding breeding ewes um, or are they fattening um, because I think that that tends to change whether or not I'm going to have a conversation or how the conversation flows with business interruption um, I definitely like to hear whether or not they are a pedigree uh, flock or herd or a non-pedigree because it that then triggers some conversations um, about single animal values and perhaps whether or not you'd be thinking down the line of individual specified animal cover, so the loss of use. Um, and I always, 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 bearing in mind we are, we've got a lot of levels, so we've got a lot of rivers, a lot of reams, I'd always be having a discussion about straying and worrying. Worrying is obviously key at the moment, as big high profile in rural crime. There's, I don't think a day goes by when I, I don't see horrible pictures of um, sheep that have been mauled by dogs. Um, so it, it's topical. So we need to know, are there rights of way, how the rights of way manage, where do they, uh, where do they graze their, um, their livestock? Um, crucially, what, what waterways are there? Um, how do they manage those? Typically on the levels, if they're under one of these schemes where they're paid for looking after the environment, they might not have the option of fencing around waterways, um, or they technically shouldn't have the option, but they do because they don't want animals straying into the water. Um, rights away is topical. We've had quite a few issues with claims for um, cows with calves uh, chasing people and mauling people on rights away, so it's it's very topical. And quality of fencing. Um, is a, is a key thing when you're talking about uh, livestock. Underwriters want to know it. It's a way of getting better rating if you know that the, the actual quality of the fencing um, is good. Um, and then always back to who they actually work with um, because that always prompts that conversation around whether or not they have employer's liability cover. As a general rule, I don't sell any farm insurance without employer's liability cover because by the very nature of farming, you just don't know who's going to be helping out. Um, so I'd always have a robust conversation around that, which may or may not lead on to a conversation about risk management, um, which, again, helps us in getting the best rate out of the underwriter for that section of cover, but potentially is, is then an inquiry for risk management services. Superb. That's great insight um, for, for us and our colleagues to think about. Um, I really appreciate, appreciate your time. Thank you. So there it is, our tour of beef and sheep farming. Thank you very much to all of my guests who have helped me make this podcast. I'm Pete Randerson and thank you for listening.